Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Ruel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, age successfully, making the second half of life even better than the first. Now, when the pandemic shut down most of America last year, the arts and entertainment community was faced with a monumental challenge. How could they survive without attracting in-person audiences to their events? Surely they could try to create online facsimiles of their events, virtual tours, exhibitions, concerts, performances, but would these activities be dynamic enough to attract broad interest from the public? That's when Holly Gordon and Walter Waldo Cabrera came up with a provocative new approach to the virtual art show. In today's episode, Holly and Waldo describe their unique collaborative journey, creating exhibitions featuring artists aged 50 and older at a prominent Long Island museum, the Islip Art Museum. Holly, a nationally recognized fine artist and documentary film photographer, uh, served as curator of these exhibits, which were sponsored and supported by AARP New York. Waldo, an award-winning journalist with years of experience in advertising, marketing, and video production, handled the many technical tasks. The resulting presentations are no mere pictures at an exhibition. Together, Holly and Wally tell the story of how they piece together an assemblage of images, music, graphics, narration, and commentary from dozens of artists into a cohesive, entertaining experience. I'm the composer. Wally is the conductor who interprets the work, says Holly. Both artists also stress the importance of the arts across generations. Holly has long been an ardent advocate for older populations, and Waldo regularly bridges the generations through his years of work in film and video productions, often for children, including 4Kids Entertainment, the company that brought you Pokemon to the United States. Indeed, their next exhibit focuses on intergenerational collaboration among artists. We're all six-year-olds, says Waldo. We're using art the same way. It's entertaining. It has elements of surprise. It's a roller coaster ride. So now, folks, let's meet today's guests, Holly Gordon and Waldo Cabrera. Holly and Waldo, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. Hi there. So listen, before we dive into these exhibits, which, which are really terrific, uh, I want to just back up and start with where each of you, uh, you know, are, were and, and when you met each other and, and still are in many ways. So Holly, start with the, I know you're still, you've had a long career, but you're still very much a working photographer. Let's start with you, give a little bit more about your background, and then I'll go to you, Waldo. Okay, well, gee, thank you. Um, I like to say I was an art teacher in a former life. Huh. And I and I never retired. I graduated because this 21 years of no longer having to go into my classroom has just opened up into developing a whole new way of creating photography, writing a book, curating, speaking. It's just exploded. So... When Linda Moran, the director of the Islip Arts Council, asked me if I would do this, I had this idea because as an artist, I'm an out-of-the-box person. I don't worry about having to know all of the answers. I figure that they can be worked out. 
Uh, so I had this idea of how I wanted the virtual exhibition to take place and spent a couple of sleepless nights dealing with it. Right. And Linda said, Waldo Cabrera, he is your man. Right. That's your cue, Waldo. So let's talk about where you were and what, how you got involved. Well, I've, I've been involved with the Islip Arts Council for about 12 years now. Um, when I produced television for Verizon Fios, I, I focused on positive people in the community across Long Island. And, um, and I made sure that Verizon allowed me to focus on the arts. So I would, uh, anytime that the Ice Arts Council had an event, I would uh, reach out to Linda and, you know, put her on, on television in front of a few million people. Huh, great. Um, and then, uh, so that's how we got to know each other. And that's how she got to know my abilities um, in terms of editing and, and storytelling. Right. And once uh, Verizon shut the channel down, I was, um, uh, she asked me to, to help out with some projects here and there. And, and one day I get a phone call for, and they, they talked to me about, um, about this 50 plus uh, uh, event, uh, a virtual exhibition during COVID. And, um, and I had done similar things and I knew more or less what to do. And once Holly outlined what she wanted, where she wanted the artist to, uh, to include commentary and to, and to be able to uh, weave together a story beyond just a slideshow. I said, ah, I do that all the time. <laughs> no problem, you know? So, uh, so we got together, I guess, the most difficult part of that conversation and, and even, even the process, the, the relationship that we had was um, solving the technical issues. It wasn't, it wasn't a creative problem at all. It was just how to make technology do what we wanted to do. So that was, that was our biggest hurdle. Right, right. And then Holly, go ahead. You. Yeah, I just I just want to interject. It it was, you know, all of this is kind of like creative bushwhacking hmm. because while Waldo and I were talking about how he wanted me to present the audio and the artwork to him to turn into the video, he was even taking me further into Photoshop to teach me how to make adjustments with the spacing and with the fonts and the text and everything. So it was just a wonderful learning experience. I think people like to be, to be in control and be comfortable in knowing what's happening and where things are. But I love the idea of learning and going places I've never been before and making discoveries and learning new things. Right, right. Now, you mentioned to me, uh, Holly, that you, you got involved with this uh, movement called uh, Tech tech Pressures. Yes. Right, right. So this, you know, leads me as I hear you, as I, as I listen to you talk about it, you know, the fusing of, you know, the traditional arts and techniques with, you know, technology, you know, your collaboration with Waldo. So tell, talk about what that means. Okay, well, this is this is how I had explained it in my art room, mm -hmm. where we are all building and working from the shoulders of those who came before us. And the arts were invented by people eons ago. And so I'm standing on the floor in the classroom, and that is the platform. Mm -hmm. And I say, but things developed 
And as things developed and progressed, they moved up a rung. And then I climbed onto the chair. And I say history passes and new things are learned and new ideas and there are new developments. And then I climbed onto the table in my art room. And then I said, after a period of time, and I go to step into the air, there is nothing. And it's like an inchworm dangling in air. And that's where Texpressionism is, because it's an innovative idea of using technology to create and express feelings. It isn't button pushing. Mm -hmm. It's controlling it. And it's a 21st century movement that is international mm -hmm. and it's innovative. It's not replicative. Right, right. And Waldo, you, you've actually, you know, without necessarily using that term, you, you've been intimately involved in this yourself. And, and you're, you've fused a lot of, uh, you know, uh, technology and arts and, and also you're a working journalist. So it's both the artistic and the journalistic and the technological you've managed to really put together. Well, that's, that's the challenge of working in today's environment. Um, you have to be creative uh, and you also have to be technically savvy. Right. So um, I am assuming that I am I'm doing the things that Holly said. It's just that I'm not consciously doing it. I just have to solve problems that are before me. And um, so if it's a situation where I cover a story and then I have to, um, you know, uh, get cell phone footage or, or create uh, graphics and animate them using, using uh, Apple Animate, or if I got to figure out, you know, there's just, when you're on deadline and you're trying to tell a story, you do whatever you feel uh, you have to do to be able to solve it. And, and it, it involves most of it these days, it involves, you know, uh, somehow managing and, and, and using tech to, you, to your benefit. Because in the end, if you're not able to solve the, a lot of these technical issues, something as simple as sharing a file uh, with, with, uh, with your network, you're just not gonna be successful. Right. So, right. so it's, uh, you know, you have to have some level of understanding and then you get to be creative. You know, I always say, don't let technology get in the way of you being creative. You know, if, if, you, if you have that down packed, then you can just go ahead and let your mind just do what your mind right. likes to do. Yeah. And let the t technology be, enable you to be creative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't want it to get in the way and you don't right. want to say, well, I wasn't able to do that because the computer wouldn't do it. You know, right. and, and even when I was a creative director for at 4Kids Entertainment, um, the next generation of kids would, would give me a logo. And, it, and, and I wouldn't see a pencil sketch. So, so I'm like, where are your pencil sketches? They're like, no, what I, I, I did it in Illustrator. And I said, no, because number one, uh, you know, you're, you are doing what Illustrator is capable of doing. And then second, you're only doing the things that you are capable of doing within Illustrator's capabilities. Right. So you are limiting yourself twice. Grab a pencil, draw what your heart desires, and then you make Illustrator do what you want to do and it and that a illustrator is just a you know metaphor for all technology right you make right. the technology do what you want to do great holly jump in yeah well it's just you know this is it, it's this is this is really an interesting kind of a thing because the other night at a reception at the islip 
art satellite gallery uh, where the Long Island Authors Group was having a reception, a reporter was listening to the photoliminalism that I that I do. And I have been working on this for over 20 years. And she said, my God, Holly, you have been intuitively creating with technology way before what people are what young people are doing today with their with their iPads and their styluses. It's I come from a more intuitive out of the box approach mm-hmm. and I just have developed and created this independently of really understanding and knowing what techno- technologically how to do things are done. It's all been creative bushwhacking. And that's why I started writing, because I needed to understand what I was discovering so I could be able to articulate it in an intelligent and coherent fashion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the neat thing, I think, between Ward and between Waldo and me is we are approaching this from two different directions. Right. And right. That's, I think, part of what makes our virtual exhibits so explosive. Right. Now because you, there are no boundaries. Right. Now, they're, they're, you're approaching it from two different directions in, in multiple ways. I mean, you uh, had been working with, I, th- I guess, previous exhibits uh, from the senior perspective, right? Art over 50 was. So the, the virtual uh, exhibits uh, evolved out of um, uh, in-person exhibits, right? The art at 50 new, uh, well, new beginnings. That was the first uh, virtual one, right? That was the new beginnings was the first virtual. Right. And that came after the extraordinary art at 50 plus what living on Long Island means to me. Right. And we had over 150 artists from Long Island have work in the exhibit, and we had over 180 pieces. The museum was hung salon style and it was out of this world. Right. Right. Um, and, but while the, and you, uh, you, you've, well, you've worked, you know, with uh, adults, obviously you worked as a working journalist, but also, and how does working with the, uh, the, the, the children's project informed you the intergenerational aspect. Um, you know, I mentioned in the introduction that, you know, you don't see a distinction and which is nice. Oh, no, no. I mean, you know, realistically, if, if we, if we all uh, sit down and 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 uh, and think about what we enjoy, the things that are fun, you know, they're 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 all the things that that were fun for us when we were, you know, six years old, ten years old, and and in order to keep people um, uh, entertained, I have I think that way. I try to think about you know somebody that's six to eleven years old, but you know, in our in our off camera conversation or uh, off, uh, before the show, we were talking about Disney. And right. Disney understands that, and they and they they have mastered it. That um, you you as a parent take your child to see a Disney movie, but the the adult enjoys it possibly even more right. than the child, and 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 we are absorbing it in different ways. So I take those lessons because you know uh, so many years working in the children's entertainment business, I just realized that that it, that it's those concepts are just not for kids. You know, we could be 60, but inside we're six years old. 
and and uh, and that's how I go about my storytelling and and my um, and how I, I'm creative. Right. That's how we, right. you know, and that's how we ended up with, uh, you know, our current exhibition. Right. Well, and and see, and I need to interject. It's my late patron used to say to me that some art, like music, it's visual candy. We see it for a moment; it tastes good, and then it just dissipates. It disappears. Mm-hmm. But as a working and serious artist, I understand that the creative process is more than fun. It could be agonizing. It could be painful. It could be it could be hard, and it could be very purposeful and meaningful. And the final results of that could be entertaining, but there is a lot more substance to the artwork that I've chosen for these exhibits and their audio statements. And even in taking a cross section of people from all over the state and all different aspects of doing artwork, the work that I chose had to have substance right. to be meaningful and important. Right, right. So, you know, we're going to uh, take a break shortly, uh, folks. Um, so uh, we have much more to come. Uh, but I just wanted to mention that uh, we'll be back uh, very shortly with Waldo and Holly uh, with much more about their work and uh, how to put together virtual exhibitions. So don't go away, folks. Much more to come. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Rowell or his guest on the program, Please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking today with Holly Gordon and, and Walda Cabrera about their virtual art exhibits. Uh, a lot to talk about. But before we continue the conversation, I just wanted to mention that you can find out more about them by going to my website, roelresources.com and clicking on the 45 Forward tab. And there you could also see their virtual exhibits created by them on YouTube videos. So uh, the most recent one, Forever Young, 
but then the previous one, new beginnings are at 50 plus. So you can go to, to my, that 45 forward tab and you click on and see them from there. Or you could also go to the Islip Art Museum website, www.islipartmuseum.org. So folks, before the, um, the break we were talking about, um, uh, I wanted to mention that the, talking about the art for seniors. So this is both of these exhibits do with art at 50 plus. And as Holly is often uh, is often a great advocate for both the arts and the seniors. So I want to talk about that passion a little bit, Holly. Well, this is this is what's so funny. Uh, we were I was curating this exhibit called The Art of Collaboration at the Islip Art Museum. And it was it was based on the collaboration that my collaborating buddy, Ward Hooper, who is soon to be 93. Wow. And I, for seven years, we met in 2014 on social media, believe it or not, and discovered lots of similarities between our works, even though we created them independently. And Linda knew all about this whole process. And she asked if I would be willing to curate the Islip Art Museum open call that summer called The Art of Collaboration. Well, it was such a hit that before the exhibit ended and Bernard Macias, the Long Island representative of AARP, uh, had approached her about doing an art at 50 plus at the museum, Linda came and asked me if I would be willing to curate it. And right away, I am, my head is spinning. Yes, yes, yes. An art exhibit for artists aged 50 and up living on Long Island. I am going to make it be absolutely explosive. The seniors' voices are going to be heard we have so much to say, and society molds us into loving and appreciating youth and beauty, and there's nothing wrong with youth and beauty, but it is so empty and vacuous, and the older person has this history and perspective and patina of time. And so I curated this exhibit. And when AARP asked for the list of artists in it so they could make certificates of appreciation, and I said, well, there are over 150 artists in this exhibit, AARP said, we're not going to, we thought maybe there would be 10 or 12. Mm -hmm. We're not going to do certificates for, for 152. So that's what started it all. And it was fabulous. Right. Right. Now, I just wanted know. to comment on, you know, I know yeah. that you, 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 you uh, framed the question as art for seniors. And, and honestly, I mean, I, I'm a lifetime artist and I, I actually, I don't believe in that phrase. I don't believe in art for seniors, you know, because to me, art is art. And, uh, and the only reason that this particular project is art for people 50 plus is because of ARP. But the creativity and the, and the, uh, the artwork, the pieces that came through, they were, they're fantastic pieces, whether or not some folks were, you know, 92, as, as in our friend Ward, or, or, you know, barely, a, you know, a, a day over 50. Um, these are just really great 
pieces that you know would stand alone in 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 any group of of any age. Right. So um, you know, I just it's just one of those things. You, yeah. You don't stop being creative because you hit fifty. Right. Well, that's yeah. It's, that's that's a better way to put it. What I meant was that yeah, that that I think that there is this. Um, misapprehension that as we get older, we're not as productive. And I think the point is we can be productive at any age. And and some of our greatest artists are productive at at, at older ages. And I, I agree with you, Waldo. I think at some point, you know, uh, people are going to be stop saying things like, wow, look at that art. And he's 90. That's going to be irrelevant, that age. Um, but I also think that, um, you know, from your experience too, Waldo, that, um, you know, so I, I think, yes, that what you're saying, Holly is right about. Often seniors are are the, sort of the silent generation, but also sometimes kids can be the silent generation in, in a way that um, I think that you know. While you bring out the voices of young people that that are heard, but I don't think you know they're also kind of diminished. Like, well, they're just kids, you know. And I think that so your perspective on both sides, I think, is interesting. What do you think about that? Well, you know, it's it's uh, something that I've been working on for for a while is is being able to um, put bring out the voice of, of of those that you know. For you, you are right. You know, maybe seniors they're they're like, ah, oh, that's just a grumpy old man, right? You know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And of course, kid, kids kids uh, are meant to be seen and not heard. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so, so no. um, but uh, creatively, I just realized the value that the the two begin, and I've. You know, I've been working on, on cross-generational projects for the, the longest time. And the one that's coming up next that, that is something that I, you know, I jumped at the opportunity of co-curating with Holly, which is, you know, two together where we're getting a, uh, a, a team, somebody, you know, uh, from 12 to, to 18 to get together with somebody that's 50 plus and, and just um, communicate in, in a creative way, you know. Those two people could be father and son, mother, daughter, um, you know, that talk to each other every day. But if you put those two, um, let's say family members that live in the same household for years on end, and all of a sudden they have to paint, they have to talk color theory, they have to talk about uh, color balance and, and you know, uh, and, and a different type of expression. You have a different conversation mm-hmm. and you learn things about each other where, um all of a sudden, you're you're communicating in in an amazing way, and so that's why these cross generational projects I, I I love them, and I've I've done others uh, on television. This one is going to be my first um, uh, from a visual standpoint, but I've I've definitely gone out of my way to do things like grandkids and in, uh, interviewing their grandparents, and you know because kids can't believe that there once wasn't an internet, <laughs> you know <laughs> things like right. that. Right, 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 yeah. right. Well, that you used to watch black and white television. What? What's that? That's right, black <laughs> and white with with the rabbit ear antennas. <laughs> yeah. So having so having the you know having the grandchild be the the reporter, mm-hmm. um, and just finding out uh, different ways when you put a camera and a microphone in front in front of somebody, they change. They the questions that come out of people when you do that, it's amazing. It's not a regular conversation. All right. of a sudden, that child becomes a reporter. Right. Right. And it's fun. It's fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to get back a little bit now to just talk a little bit more about the, the exhibits in particular, and Holly, just about, uh, you know, just talk a little bit about the process of actually putting together this exhibit. How did it work? Well, for one thing, 
when a prospectus goes out with a theme that is so broad as new beginnings, it just gives people all over the idea to think and interpret how they choose. And I'm a very process-oriented person. I don't want to know what the final destination is because I'm not there yet. I want the influx of artwork and their audio statements to be my guide. And so the prospectus goes out all over the state. And as the work comes in, I begin to piece things together, kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. So you have a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle and you dump everything out and flip all the pieces over and you start putting all of the blue pieces together and all the straight edges together to try to make some kind of a semblance. Mm-hmm. And that's it's just dynamic. It's, 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 it's explosive. It's exciting to not know what is going to happen until I start fitting these pieces together. And eventually there's a good chunk here. There's a good chunk here and it begins to get woven together. And ultimately there it is and there it goes and everything fits and it's like, wow, look what we have here. Right. And then right. it gets sent to Wally. Right. Um, so let's talk. And, and while you're involved in this part, too, is in terms of yeah. you know, once once we uh, you, the selections are made, though, then you you talk talk to the artists. Right. You collect their statements. Right. Well, we you know, the funny thing is that we didn't talk to the artists. So the artists talk, but mm-hmm. we didn't interview them. So so their statements are um, we asked them to make a 30 second statement. We gave them a, a specific word count um, for them to describe uh, uh, their their piece or their process or what the work means. You know, in the end, there's, there's even very, very little, very few guidelines there were in terms of what they should say, but we didn't talk to them, you know, and the only time we actually talked to them is when they were having technical difficulties. And um, so if they're having technical difficulties, maybe, um, you know, we told them the big trick is, you know, to record your audio on your cell phone and in, a, in the closet. It's, it's the perfect um, uh, sound studio in your house. So those were the conversations we we're having. And some people had difficulties actually describing their artwork in 30 seconds or less. And those are conversations that, that Holly had to have with them. But it was more about editing and, you know, and, and, and we, we need to be at 30 seconds. And for me, that 30 second time frame was important because television we watch television in 30 the 30 second commercials and if you formulate your words properly you could tell an amazing story in 30 seconds and we you have to limit people at some point you have to give them that 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 limitation and i think limitations sometimes even make you more creative right and when uh when i received all of that um then my my inner child came out because uh, at some point it started being you know just a slideshow Last thing I want to see, and I believe that last thing any six-year-old wants to see, is a slideshow with you know narr- with narrated with words. So I um, I looked at, at every piece, and I and I found something meaningful about it, and I matched music to it. So I have a a, a, a vast library of stock music, 
so that was that was key for me having music and every piece had its own music so if we had 110 pieces there were 110 songs none of them repeated and they and they were designed to to match the artwork right and then um so that that's to feed the ear right uh, so right. the stories feeds the brain the the music feeds the ear and then visually aside from having an amazing piece of work I, uh, I animated all of them in some way, in some unique way. Right. And, right. Um, and, and, and that's how you come to So that's how I put it together from a production standpoint. Right. Right. Um, and, and it turned out to be fun, you know, yeah, the music, yeah. the story and the visual animation. Right. Holly, you were. Yes. Before the audio and the artwork was sent to Waldo, there were many instances where I emailed or had a telephone call with uh, one of the artists to help him or her streamline or edit the statement to be more succinct right. uh, or whatever. And this is something that I did because I take curation seriously and I wanted the production, the, the whole process to be beautifully managed and some of the artists were off target and so because I was in touch with them it took this virtual experience to another level because we were doing interaction by either by email or by telephone and in editing and have a dialogue of how best to present it that it really brought the virtual experience to a much more intimate and personal level. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's very interesting that way to put it, that, that the virtual experience in some ways, you know, through the work of the two of you and putting it together becomes even more intimate and personal uh, from both the, the artist perspective and the viewer's perspective. Um, I remember, so I, I saw the, the, your last exhibit first, the forever young, and then I went back and saw the the previous one, uh, and I would encourage people to go to the the links on my website to see them because they're quite they're, they're quite good and they're quite they're, well they are unique. And I think that you know you don't think about how much goes into it. So first, as Wally was mentioning, you don't realize how much of our world is is entertainment driven, culturally driven by thirty second you know viewing and music. You know when you see something and it doesn't have music to it, you're like. Well, that's quiet. <laughs> um, but, but and also, I would just want to add one other thing. Um, having the voices of the artists describing their work, and certainly, you know, people like you, Holly, need to edit people to make it concise and, and interesting and um, and relevant. Um, but that really adds a whole other dimension that, frankly, um, you're you're not likely to get when you go to uh, an in-person exhibit. So in some ways, I was like, well, I, I'm not going to stop going to in-person in exhibits when they open up. And sometimes they are opening up now. But this was really different and really added a whole dimension that I, I hadn't had the opportunity before. I mean, certainly you can go to an exhibit, but it's unlikely that you're going to be able to sit down and hear, you know, 30 seconds of interesting commentary from 100 artists. You know, you might get one artist at his or her exhibition you know, and, and, you know, they would talk, but not like this. It's, it's as though every viewer of the exhibit had a personal commentary 
by every one of the artists. And so many people said, this is better than actually going to a museum because I'm having, I'm having a, an interaction with the artists. But what can come out of it in the future is we could have all kinds of hybridized exhibits where artists' voices can speak to the viewers when they look at artwork. And I know it's be, it's done in some in some places and in some cases, but it can be it can be even done more so. Right. Well, the the uh, for me, what was uh, fantastic about having the voices is that it just really reminded me of a documentary, something you see on PBS, right. where you know um, uh, something uh, where people are just telling their own story, and um, and it, and and that adds to the intimacy of it and. Um, and, and that's really what got me excited. Once I heard these stories go, come together, I, I was like, wow, it, you know, I, it feels like this should be on PBS. And as a matter of fact, we won a journalism award for that piece um, uh, on Long Island. And it was up against other curated exhibits. It was, um, it was uh, from the Long Island, uh, the, the, the press club of, of Long Island. Which is uh, which is a uh, a chapter of the uh, national the society National Society of Journalism. So it was uh, it's a respected uh, story and it's a respected um, video. So and I enjoyed it because of those voices. Right, right. Yeah, I think. Go ahead, Holly. Go ahead. And even a film professor from a college in Chicago was in touch with me. He couldn't wait to see what we did how the exhibit came out because he was he was just interested in in learning and seeing something new right right yeah i think that um this is something new it is really new uh now uh i i think uh it's going to continue and uh after the break i think i want to, I want to get into that a bit more about what, what you guys see going forward in terms of how this is going to you know change the way we go to exhibits and change the way we experience art um, so, um, uh, I'll, I'll, there's going to be much more to come folks. Uh, don't go away. Uh, we're going to come back, uh, in two minutes, uh, with Holly and Waldo to talk much more about the future of virtual art and virtual experiences like this. So don't go away. We'll be back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mac. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking with Holly Gordon and Waldo, Waldo Cabrera about their virtual art exhibits, which you could see by going on to the Islip Art Museum website, islipartmuseum.org. And uh, two, the most recent exhibit is Forever Young. Uh, one before that is New Beginnings, Art at 50 Plus. Uh, so just before the break, we started talking about, um, you know, that just what, what to me made the, these exhibits um, so distinctive. And I was saying to them that it, it basically took a visual experience and turned it into a storytelling experience. And that to me with, you know, the textual components and the visual and the music and the graphics as well. And the sort of, you know, creative blending of them with a little bit of humor sometimes. And as, as Wada was pointed out, sometimes a little bit of a surprise, you know, that, that really engages the audience. And I think that's uh, to me, something which really I think is going to change things you know that that your your recognition that it's not just about seeing things it's about telling stories well i wanted to um there's there's something about when you go to a gallery and you mentioned you may out of 100 pieces on there you may bump into a handful of artists and and that's even on opening night you know even uh, on opening night or, or the opening reception not everyone shows up and, you know, we sit in front of a piece and, and you know, so many artists are like, well, what do you see in it? You know, what is your interpretation of, of, of this art? You know, and yeah, I know what I think, but I want to know what were you thinking when you created it? <laughs> and, you know, what what inspired you and how did you get that texture? Um, you know, what, why is it all red on the left? You know, whatever it is, I want to know what the artist was talking about, because Yes, you know, I know what I see in it, uh, but it's and it's nice, you know. And 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 when you do meet an artist, most of the times you're asking them, you know, how did you do that, or what was your inspiration? Those are the two basic questions that we have right. for artists. And here we are, you know, uh, we we solved it for you. And not only that, we solved it for you in a way that the previous piece affects the next piece, and they they all affect each other. So you you are taking being taken through a very specific journey and that whole storytelling aspect is key so you are at no point skipping ahead unless you manage to fast forward the video <laughs> oh, right, right but but you're not skipping around you are you are being told a very specific story and um and that's new in terms of uh, exhibitions uh, how how we came about to do that because you you just know no two people walk through a gallery in the same way but everyone watches these videos in the same way. Right. We've, we've given visual art 
an interactive quality. When you stop and think about how decades ago, you didn't touch anything when you went into any kind of a museum. But today you go into museums anywhere and it's all interactive. So how in the world do we make artwork that hangs on a wall be interactive? Right. We interject the human voice and the video and all of a sudden it enters a whole new dimension. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and to me, you know, so you could go into a museum and you can get a guided tour, right? And where you have a, a docent who, who, who talks to you about the pieces. But this is hearing from the artists themselves, you know, and and also, you know, you're, you know, you're the directors who are, you know, are adding the elements of music and, and graphic images and connecting the pieces. So that to me, you know, really makes it different and, and vital and distinct. So, um, you know, you know, like in a, in a film, right? I mean, just just think about your, your typical horror movie, maybe something from Friday the 13th or, you know, I'll, I'll, it, when when you're walking through that empty room and there's that drone in the background or, you know, that's building tension. Uh, if you were to do that without that music, the effect when you finally get scared, the, the scare is not as scary. Because the music just builds you up and it winds you up. And uh, so that's why for me, it was, it was essential that we have music because the, the music just without you, a lot of people don't realize that music is playing, mainly right. because we're so used to music playing. Right. But when right. it's not playing, you know it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, the, the 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 collaboration that you guys have is really interesting and, and really great. And, and I think it, both of it, for both of you, you know, I think in one of our previous conversations, you mentioned to me, Holly, that a phrase that really um, stuck with me, and that is that uh, you said art humanizes us. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things that we discuss is that, you know, it connects us in ways that are really integral and really deep and really go to our soul. And I think that you know, just to take a little bit of a turn here, I think that, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm missing that a bit. You know, I think that today I understand, you know, the pressure on budgets, the under, you know, taxes and all this stuff, but both of you in, in, in your own way are really involved in, in, in art as educators. So talk about that a little bit, about the importance of art as part of our education. Yeah, but I, I want to go back earlier to to prehistoric times okay okay not that i'm that not that old (laughs) hopefully me neither all of all of my art history and understanding the arts are a human invention every culture has created the arts when humankind felt the necessity to experience express himself or herself in an extraordinary manner, be it written, visual, dance, poetry, whatever. The arts are a huge umbrella. They created art because they needed to express themselves in an extraordinary fashion. And it is so inherent in individuals 
that to me, it's absolutely absurd as an educator that the arts are eradicated from the education. I mean, it's if you want children to learn better, to do better in school, have more art and art, music, dance, drama, because that's what connects the child to the education. Right. And for me, for me, um, being able to uh, educate uh, and entertain is key uh, because rarely does anyone literally just want to be educated, you know? Uh, folks, you, if you sit there and, and you try to tell someone the, the importance of uh, climate change or whatever it is, you know, you, they're going to tune you out. But if you, if you are singing it, dancing it, <laughs> um, you know, in, in a way where, where the artwork and the entertainment aspect um, is, is uh, it, it over, it's, it's predominant, then you can sneak in the the education and we, and we were talking about earlier you know disney and, and a lot of the um a lot of the themes that are in a disney movie um you know they're they're but they're putting out a lot of education to kids and the kids don't know it they just they just see a frog dancing they see a, a princess singing uh, but there's a lot there's a lot of morals and just just general messages that are being put out there but they're doing it in an entertaining way right you know, there, there. I think I mentioned uh, in a previous conversation. But there were a couple of, you know, points in my life educationally that I really stood out for me. One was when I was younger in terms of the arts. One was when I think I was in middle school, and uh, I really enjoyed art. You know, uh, I was, you know, decent at it. I was, I did some some good work. My mother, uh, among, among many other things of raising us, was an artist, porcelain painter. Uh, my, um, my aunt, you know, who is 99 at this point, I believe she still does, um, uh, watercolors and other paintings at her, um, uh, community that she lives in now. Um, and I recall that, uh, you know, so there's a, there's a point in that I don't know what it is today, but when I was growing up, there was a point in middle school where you took a turn and, and the art was, the arts were part of your life until that point, and, and then you got serious. So unless you were an, an artsy type, you stopped taking art and you started taking more serious things. And I remember being really kind of, you know, deflated. My art teacher was deflated too. You know, like, wow, you're not going to take art anymore. And I was like, well, you know, I got to I got to do stuff. I got to, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, that feeling of, of creativity really is, is intrinsic. And I think it's important and we, we let it go. Um, and then the other point was an interesting when I was in graduate school, actually, um, and I was doing a, taking a degree in, in communications. Um, there were, you know, it was at the Annenberg School at the University of Pennsylvania. And they talked about, they didn't talk about, you know, people talk about verbal and nonverbal communication. And they said, no, 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 that's not the way it works. It's visual, it's textual, it's music, it's sociogestural. It's mathematical. There are all these modes of communication that we have that express ourselves. And I think that's what the arts really tells us. We have all these modes and we should use them all because they're all part of being a human. Holly, yes. I can see. Yeah. Y 
Yes, but it's also something that gets produced from within the individual. Mm -hmm. And today, so many people in society, they want to be fed. They want to be entertained. They want to sit back and be passive and not be proactive and be creative. And that's where we're really we're really missing the boat somewhere because when people can be productive in their creativity they have a feeling of satisfaction and accomplishment that is very different than sitting in front of a television or a movie and being entertained because when it's over what have they created what have they made? What have they done? Right, right. Well, wow. Well, uh, just uh, I, in terms in terms of people wanting to be entertained, I don't see that as a problem as long as I'm the one doing the entertaining. You know, it's uh-huh. like it's like leadership. You know, if everybody's a leader, then you know there wouldn't be any anyone to lead. Right. So right. you know, uh, some of us are 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 good at you know entertaining. Some of us are good at engineering. And uh, but the, the key is to just, you know, uh, whatever, whatever your craft is, you know, uh, focus on it and do it to the best of your ability. You know, um, I love to uh, I have a scientific mind and I have a uh, I'm, I'm an artist. So I like to include uh, science in my right. creative work. Right. Right. So that's, that's my thing. Great. Well, folks, there's a lot more to talk about, but unfortunately, we're going to have to invite you guys back for another show. Uh, but I wanted to thank you for a terrific, engaging conversation. And again, I want to tell you, folks, if you missed my conversation with Holly and Waldo today, you can still listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com to search for my show, 45 Forward. You can also find it on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, and you can also find it by going to my website, robotresources.com. Um, so if you have any, also on my website, there, uh, there are contacts for Holly and Waldo, if you want to get in touch with them. Uh, so that's it for today, folks. Um, but be sure to join me next Monday, the 12 noon Pacific, 3 PM Eastern time. When I'll be talking with Hillary Topper, a veteran in the field of public relations, marketing, social media, who, by the way, became a triathlete at age 53. So folks, until then. Keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week.